Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome back to Bitcoin Roundtable episode 20. Yeah, Darren, Libby, hello. <laughs> oh, hi. We are very happy to hit 20 episodes, and we feel that we are uh, learning and growing, hopefully along with you. We will be releasing episode 19 later on this evening, and it was an uh, episode that was very educational for myself. But we'd like to thank Arthur for coming on last week from the Liquidity Network, and we hope you all spend the time and listen to what he had to say. It's been really nice, the north area of Ontario, this last week. Absolutely. And Libby was mentioning earlier, about how her being from the UK is quite surprised that everybody flocks to cottage country the way they do. Well, I think it's a uniquely Canadian experience. I don't know if you go to your cottage in the States, but I think certainly in Europe we're really lucky because firstly, public transport is amazing and it's cheap. Mm -hmm. Not that it's not cheap in North America. For example, my sister just popped to Italy this half term with her family for a quick break and I think they stayed at Airbnb. So you can have a really cheap holiday in Italy, relatively stress-free and easily. So England to Italy. Yes. A very cheap trip. Darren's renovating a cottage and I would say it seems to me that a, a lot of people that we know, rather than going to Italy for a quick break, will mm-hmm. go to the cottage. Like, I know your family's got several cottages, don't they, Vince? Friends with cottages, yes. I don't own several cottages, but grandparents. <laughs> you, you are right, but I think a lot of it has to do with the peer size of our country, which a lot of people really can't get their head around. When I lived in London, my parents had a cottage which was eight hours north. Yeah. Wow. Drive. Where was that? It was up in the French River. Way, way up there. Yeah, everybody flocks to the north during the summertime. Flock to the water, really. Well, we all grew up with that, right? When I was a kid, we all piled into the station wagon, went on the three or four hour drive up to a, a lake somewhere where there was a cottage full of cobwebs and such. You know, took about a day to get it ready for use and then for a couple weeks, sometimes multiple times in the summer, you'd stay up there, go swimming in the lake or go hang out with the neighbor cottage kids and play around and catch frogs. I don't frogs. think I ever knew anybody who wasn't part of a cottage or didn't go to one or know well, someone who owned one, yeah. I think it's a uniquely Canadian oh, cultural thing. I think it's fairly prevalent in some areas of the US. Sure. Like, for example, New York. It's summer in the Hamptons. I believe that's basically yeah, going to yeah. the coast of their cottage. Although I think the Hamptons are pretty exclusive, aren't they? But you know, in Florida nice. and California, you're basically already at the Shangri-La type of destination. So yeah, yeah. What's the point in going to a, a cottage? Because you're already by or, the ocean in a tropical weather. Although they probably escape in the summer, don't they? Because it's so hot. Isn't yeah. It? But the other thing, airfare in Canada is very expensive. Yeah, no. see, it's not in Europe. Well, it certainly wasn't when I lived in Europe. You're right. It's, it's for the We roof. pay a lot of money to fly. You can fly to Europe cheaper than yeah. you can fly yeah. across Canada. Especially if you fly from here, try to fly from here into Vancouver. Depending on where you're looking, taxes and stuff, it's probably 500 bucks to fly from Toronto to Montreal. 
But I also heard, I think they're opening it up to competition now, so it should see a significant drop in prices as long as the competition sticks around. Sure, we've seen a lot of cheap airfare competitions in uh, the Ontario marketplace, especially Canada. It needs to, but I think a lot of it's just we don't have the population. Yeah. There's no trains, really? Not a good system. Nothing like what you're comparing it to a European no. system. You don't need a car in Europe, basically. You can totally right. survive yes. on public transport. And you absolutely could not survive public transport here. Good within your cities. But you know, know, somebody was saying about Hong Kong. Back when I was engineering, I worked with a buddy. He went to Hong Kong because he had some family over there that he'd visit. Asking him what it was like. And he said, it's just so easy to get to where you're going. Because you'd have like a pass or something. But it was accepted train, bus taxi yeah. it was only one pass get off the train and then you go to the bus and they look at this pass and and then eventually maybe in the, the last half kilometer to get a taxi and the taxi would actually acknowledge that as well your pass works for all modes of transportation and it's just seamless i thought that was really cool yeah when i traveled in europe in 93 i used a euro rail pass yeah well you're and old eh shit i don't know how old i am <laughs> But I traveled Europe in 93 and I bought a Eurorail pass and I could remember it cost me $400 unlimited pass for the time I was gone and it allowed me to do the train, the bus, everything. Yeah, everything I needed to go around and it was just a booklet I carried and I just got it stamped. That's nice. So now they have the Oyster Pass which is a similar thing that you just carry a little card and you do a beep on the bus and the tube. So easy! Canada we actually have that kind of pass as well but it's called cash. <laughs> it's called Uber today. Unless you're in a metropolitan city traveling to another metropolitan city in Canada, I think there's about four of them maybe. There's no integrated system. They keep wanting to do it. They keep trying. They get a little better, but the population density doesn't really support it. It's no. too expensive. Yeah. But hopefully we'll get there someday. But I like the cottage culture. It's inbred. The winters are so hard. Yeah. Some of our winters are seven months, eight months we're inside for. By the time cottage comes up, we run out of our homes. Yeah. I can't wait to get to a cottage. Yeah, but way back when, my father, he owned a cottage on an island on a lake in Perry Sound, which is about two hours north of Toronto. Yeah. I remember him telling me that when he bought it, the agent that was selling it took him by rowboat over to the island, to oh the cottage. God. And I think he bought it for 12000 And back then, I'm assuming the houses were probably 30000 40000 maybe. But what I'm getting at is a generation, even two generations back, cottages were really cheap yeah. you know we have thousands of lakes in canada just a couple hours north of toronto just full of lakes algonquin park would be a good example for me to speak of where it's just a series of integrated lakes you can canoe on it it's full of wildlife beautiful oh. spot a couple generations ago you could buy a cottage on these lakes for like seven thousand yeah. ten thousand yeah. as kids we all grew up with that with our parents owning cottages and now we all want cottages yeah yeah well they start at 300 right it's hard but i still think it's part of people's goals to purchase a cottage like i was talking to a friend recently and she's earning good money but she is focused on getting a cottage really next goal as she should be well they're all having a goal But she wants the summer experience for having her family. There was a company a couple years ago that was going out and they were selling like uh, timeshares in cottages. My family and five other families would yeah, buy a yeah. cottage. Fractional right? ownership. Yeah. Part of me really liked that. Well, you, you like timeshares. Didn't you sign up to one in Florida? 
I didn't sign up for one. I did take advantage of one and used one. The pitch is pretty alluring, though, because it's not a lot of money, but ongoing maintenance, I guess, right? From what I learned about timeshares, especially the Florida timeshares when the kids were younger, you had to get in early. Sorry to cut you off, but to most Canadians, Florida is really appealing because when it's 40 below in the winter and you haven't seen sun in a month, yeah. Florida is really alluring come January, February, even March. Well, right? And it's not super hot then. It's like 25 degrees. Well, it's just like Darren said, right? You've got October, November, December. Why well, here? Yeah, but you see, you're a new arrival. All October is to me is telling me what's coming. <laughs> it's all it is. It's like the boogeyman knocking on the window. I'm coming in. <laughs> Old man winter's coming. Yeah, it's coming. I'm just going to make you miserable. I do like the odd October day, right? Fall's nice. I love the fall slash autumn. I used to like the spring, but we don't get that anymore. <laughs> no. When you got to shovel your driveway out every day, like it just gets old. Yeah, I like shoveling. Yeah, that's good. Oh, you newbie. I've got two friends, and they got really hammered, and yeah. they ended up signing up for a timeshare, and they really didn't mean to. Never drink on a so, timeshare. I know. Pit. She still talks about it because then they ended up having to go to Cuba. Of course, Cuba's wonderful and they had to go every year. There was maintenance. There were costs with it. They couldn't get out of it. They had like a 12-year commitment. <laughs> they just went to Mexico on this wedding. She's like, yep, got to go to Cuba next week and I don't want to go because we've got to go because we've got this timeshare. <laughs> There's a really good nugget of wisdom there. Yeah. Don't drink. <laughs> on a timeshare pit. You gotta listen to the pitch and be careful. Yeah. I think we went to three of them. You went to three pitches, eh? You're yep. strong. But you gotta be careful with them, right? Because when they put you through the pitch, if that guy doesn't close you... Yeah, they ramp it up. They bring in another guy to come in and try and close you. Because the way a timeshare works is you agree to pay half the price for this week block as long as you go through the timeshare and then they hope they can close you. Yeah. But... If you don't get their stamp saying you made it through, you got to pay the full. Yeah. And sometimes it can be painful. Oh, I screamed at the one guy the one time. I'm like, dude, it's 30 degrees out here. There's not a chance in hell I'm going to buy this timeshare. It just doesn't make sense to me. And then they come back with another guy. And finally, they, this guy comes flying in, like the guy with the cape on. Oh, the hard pitcher guy. He comes on and he tries. I think timeshares make sense to some people, right? <laughs> Europe, I think in the 80s. I don't know how big they are now. Well, there's a lot of people that, I mean, you pass by billboards, right? Especially in Orlando and stuff. Call this number to get out of your timeshare, right? Like, there's obviously a lot of people that are locked into timeshares that would rather not be, but... Yes. Just don't drink in a timeshare pit, because you'll be signing on the dotted line. But you know, when you're at a cottage, and well, you're standing out the dock, and you jump in the lake, and it's warm, and you just go for a swim, there's good memories. I love sitting and staring at water. Or even just going fishing, yep. right? Getting a pole and throwing a worm on a hook and throwing it in the water. I just have fond memories of waking up in the summer room. I would say at that point, a fairly dilapidated cottage. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Deeply happy. And looking over the water and hearing the loon, half five in the morning, but it's warm. Yeah. And you're just so rested and happy and peaceful. When we were kids, we'd sit outside with unpopped popcorn. And eventually, the chipmunks would come up. And you'd make a little line, and then you start feeding Aww. chipmunks. And just have fun. Just That's feeding sure, chipmunks man. out of your hand. And Catching <laughs> the turtles out of the lake. I tell you, every time the kids go up to the cottage, they just love it. It's, it's a nice break. I love that morning coffee on the dock. The morning is magical. Morning and when the sun goes down are probably the best yeah. time. Well, the morning the sun's glinting off the water. Okay, let's go. I think in some ways it's really just what you grew up with. And but I didn't grow up with that. It's, it's one of my fondest memories. When I went to Taiwan, that was interesting. I, the population density was 
unusual to me. I couldn't really get used to it. At the time I would, but there's a lot yeah. of people in a very small area. But well, you would get used to it. I would easily slip back to city living. It's just what you're used to. It's yeah, in time. So, the one thing I really appreciate about Canada is the space. Right, yes. Having lived in a lot of very urban situations sure. in my life. I went to New York City one time. That's pretty crazy. When I went to New York, I vowed I'd live there at some point in my life. Yeah, we came out of a bar at like 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Still pumping. And the streets are packed. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like, there's not a couple stragglers walking down. Like no. You walk out and you're shoulder to shoulder with people. Yeah, but I like that 24-7 vibe. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like. I just, it suits me. I like having. I, I, I like everything. Everything available twenty four seven. I don't think it's like it used to be though. I think it's wrapped up. Mm. I think it's more gentrified. Oh yeah. Oh New York. Yeah. Mm. But same as London. Well, Taiwan's twenty four hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because in Taiwan, it's all manufacturing, and they all run three eight hour shifts every day all week. Yeah. So everything is open. Well, there's so many people doing so many different jobs. So many people work at night. So you in Taipei, presumably that was the city. I was in Tainan. There's a lot of major cities, and they're all very packed. It's a real interesting place, I thought. High-speed yeah. trains are amazing. When I did a lot of work down in the city, I didn't hate it. I do like the fact that everything is very close. Yeah. You don't have to go far to get what you want, and you can get it pretty much any time. Yeah. And then you get back home, and I like that, too. I have no issue living alone in a city. I but with kids, I don't like it. Oh, no. no very no, different no. with kids. I Having agree. kids in the city. It's challenging. There are cities kids though. Sure there are. There are but I'd say most of my friends that have had kids moved out of London. If you can get out, move out. Some of them are still in London and of course you make it work. My general feeling is that it's a lot easier to have kids in the city when you have a lot of money. Oh yeah. I I would love to live by the water in a smaller town and have enough money to have a place in the city. Quite a few people do that, actually. Yeah. Live on the water up here where we live. Yeah. Yeah, Conroe down Toronto. So if you work, you can stay there. If you go down to play, go down to concert, go down to all the many things you go to Toronto for. Yeah, I know a couple people that have condos like that live like that. But now in Toronto, you want to buy a condo that's 600 grand. (laughs) Softened a little bit, hasn't it? I think condo prices are they went up though. Well, there was a big disparity between detached houses and condos, right? So detached houses in Toronto were all selling for like a million plus and condos were going for 455 for like a one bedroom and then they brought in the mortgage stress test so they're adding two percent to your interest rate yes you, you basically have to be able to pay the mortgage rate plus two percent right more insurance but what happened is all the kids are completely priced out of detached houses plus an increasing number of other buyers of residences so they're all buying condos because they're cheaper mm. that's all they can get into so yeah. it's pushing up the price of condos and bringing down the value of detached houses well it's definitely better value to buy a detached only if the bank will lend you the money the hidden scary part about condos is the condo fees right that's very scary you know what i think's doing quite well right now is some of these smaller lenders yeah because the people that are getting turned down by the banks that really, really want to own yeah. going to these smaller lenders. Yeah, they're 12% now. I heard it was it 8% or 12% minimum now. Doesn't surprise me because I've seen a few that uh, I know around the area. Their lifestyle has really picked up. Driving nicer cars. They're private lenders. Yeah, the private lenders out there. 
Yep. As long as your legalese is intact, because when they can't pay, you basically have to legally kick them out of your house and take possession. So it's not an easy living to be no. a private lender, especially in a housing market declining in value. Under Bitcoin. How long has it been at 73 now? It's been a while, isn't it? Been down, give or take, you know, 100 bucks or 200 bucks, I think, for the last three weeks. So I think we went from 93 to 84, 85 for last week. No, no, that was two weeks ago. My feeling is it's been running around the 7,000 plus mark for a while now. So right. It feels like it might be trying to find a bottom. How confident am I of that? Well, I'm more confident more the more time it goes by that it doesn't go down. You still might see a dip, hard to say. Well, I was reading a little bit today and a few people who call themselves in the know were saying that this is pretty much the lowest it's going to go somewhere around seven and then should start marching up from here on in. Yeah. The interesting thing, though, is people say that and all of a sudden it goes down. <laughs> it's interesting. I looked at some long term logarithmic charts. It's got an interesting look to it. However, that chart in particular long-term logarithmic trend line it kind of looks like it could run at 7,000 even almost to the end of 2019 and well logarithmic right so when it goes up it really goes up I was also reading somewhere else that FOMO won't kick in until about 25,000 so when Bitcoin starts going up you won't get the fear of missing out action yes until you start to see it supersede its previous mark which was what 20 of December last year a lot of people believe it's gonna do another big jump up when i don't know it could be a year or two from now when it does it looks like it's probably gonna go to at least 50 Mm -hmm. once it gets past 25 that's when the real march starts and then it pops up and then it'll probably over time it'll come back down to 25 again do the same thing only on a higher scale like it is now Uh, the one guy in particular was talking about bitcoin's size and popularity is going to probably be one of the reasons why it doesn't fail because so many people don't want to see it fail to me it's safe money right there's enough people that assign value to it that if it goes down to a thousand there's a lot of people out there that are going to be buying like mad it's just not gonna go down much basically it's just there's enough people assigning value to bitcoin that you're not going to see it tank my feeling is knowing there's only ever going to be 21 million of them you see the declining value of fiat currency all over the world and it doesn't matter who you are what you are the yen the dollar the canadian dollar the euro over time inflation is a given because central banks need to inflate currency so if they don't what do you get you get stagflation you get all kinds of trouble unions it's a given to them that every couple years they need a raise so inflation allows the government to give people the perception that they're making more money although in reality they're making more money it's just not worth more yeah in real terms they're just making the same amount of money or even less in many cases yeah so some great examples of that out there forty thousand dollar 25 years ago went a hell of a lot further than needy does today look at argentina it's 40 percent interest rate right now mm-hmm. we have to talk about venezuela again i don't no. know I keep bringing that up you... in time if you're hiding your money in a mattress under your bed it's declining in value that's the real option that bitcoin gives you and that's why everyone has so much faith in it you know it's going to increase in value Right. We have a pretty good idea. It's just me and my opinion, so Mm -hmm. I'll drink more wine and keep (laughs) yakking on about it. Well, we had to talk a little bit about Bitcoin because we do have a Bitcoin podcast. and We wanted to keep it rather light this week because last week was a little on the heavy side. Well, it got a little technical, but hopefully uh, you all stay with us. Yeah, and listen to it. 
Please, listen to it. Libby, you were saying something happened with Roseanne Barr. So Roseanne was very popular in the 90s. I, I remember the original Roseanne show, yes. Yeah. We even had it in the UK. Yeah. Anyway, so they bought it back. Well, she tweeted some very racist tweets. She did. So racist yeah. that ABC cut the series within two hours of her tweeting. Cut. Gone. Mm. So from pulling in 18 million viewers per episode, ABC just pulled the shoot. Right. Bye. They pulled the shoot on her. Did they pull the shoot on the whole show? Yeah. Well, they cut the show, yeah. I guess the show is called Roseanne. I think that she since apologized and said it was a joke and she was on Ambien. I don't think that can excuse it, really. So, yeah, it's done. Well, yet another casualty that could have been prevented. Why people go on Twitter, I, I don't know. Well, we like Twitter. Why do people feel the need that they can go on any social site well, look, and just speak whatever? Right, like Kardashians use Twitter to fantastic potential but if you're in the public eye to a very large degree and you kind of have a history of going a bit off the rails pay somebody to do your twitter for you and you got the money roseanne sure inexcusable what she said Thank if you. you got contentious viewpoints pay somebody to do the twitter for you so you have a filter sure you deserve to get your show cut i mean that's the bottom line but why the hell were you on twitter tweeting that kind of bullshit it's crazy yes wake up and that goes for all the kids out there even facebook twitter you know you start saying crap be careful what you post because it can easily and often does come back to haunt you in the future i don't want to sound old but don't say anything you wouldn't say to somebody's face but in time i think with facebook and twitter they'll wind up getting rid of data that's over a certain age i think it can't go any other way like some people out there on facebook you can just watch their whole facebook history and you know everything about them and when you're kids you have crazy viewpoints some of the stuff you read it's it's ridiculous and then 10 years later they're rational and they're capable human beings and yet they have this sordid history of posts that were written in their adolescence or maybe when they weren't quite on their game you can't hold people accountable for that but i do believe you can delete twitter accounts can't you i was more specifically talking about facebook but why can't you hold them accountable okay so when you were 10 years old and you grew up in today's age yeah where everyone was talking on facebook so you were posting 20 posts a day on facebook is there anything on there that you would prefer not be shown to well, present day people considering to hire you for a job. Hold on, you said when I was 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. Well, if they're going to that extent, then I agree with you. There's kids out there doing that, right? I wish they wouldn't do it, but I know they're gonna anyways. And my second point is at least delete it after a couple of years, get rid of it. You don't need that crap history falling you around mm. for life. But I think Facebook has very recently introduced um, some kind of app that you can delete your history. Like- yeah, I think it should just be automatic. Like, you don't even have a choice. Just do it. It's almost like the European standard where it's, it's getting quite interesting. A lot of new rules on internet content and it's quite a game changer i think i read on reddit where uh usa today is a u.s newspaper the european version of usa news today it downloaded in 0.3 seconds there was like three ads on it and then they loaded the u.s version of it where there is no rules it took 4.3 seconds to download and there was 
28 ads and then seven ads blocked. It's a huge spam site. And all of a sudden in Europe, Europe's basically saying we're not accepting the spam anymore. On these internet sites, they're compliant. I thought it was quite interesting. Sure, anything goes in the U.S., capitalism and all that. I think some new rules are eventually going to have to come down the pipeline. There's just so much spam out there. We know people who have had to delete accounts. Luckily for me, I'm so old, there was no Facebook when I was growing up. There's barely any photos, thank God. There's a handful of naked photos of me and my friends out somewhere floating in the bottom of a box, but that's all there ever was. They're not on Facebook. You know. But you've got naked photos. Sure. Well, there'd be no nude photos on Facebook anyways. No. Uh, I don't think I have any naked photos of me. No one had cameras. I had a photo of me in the bathtub. Like as a young adult? No, no, like two years old or something. But... Oh, well. <laughs> Well, here's hoping y'all have cottages like we do. <laughs> and, and if you get a chance, head up there as quick as you can. Thanks yeah. for coming out tonight, everybody. If you're not from Canada, or, no, I highly encourage you to check out Algonquin Park in uh, Ontario, Canada. It's a fantastic place. Don't go in the winter, though, unless you have snowshoes. Yeah, it's lovely if you've got snowshoes. It's a little cold up there. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for staying with us. May the coins forever fall in your favor. Good night, all. Good night. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.